Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Another week, more college football win totals here on the Sharp Lessons podcast. Brought to you by Stadium. We got the professor, Nate Jacobson, next to me. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, we got through a weekend after talking Big Ten win totals. It's SEC Media Week. They take up a whole week to do it. So we might as well talk about some SEC win totals. Yeah, four days for the 14 schools. They really stretch it out, and it's definitely by strategy to have it. The week of the MLB All-Star Game when there really isn't any other sports going on. I know they've been doing that for years. They kind of were the team conference to kick off things. I know last week the ACC or it was the Big 12 had their media days. And now Big 10, ACC, we'll hear from those schools. We'll talk ACC later on this week. But we're recording here on a Monday afternoon, dropping this episode. Tuesday morning, right in the middle of SEC Media Day, our favorite SEC win totals. I give out a conference future. You and do. I'll talk about basically the team we're looking to bet against and bet on before the season and maybe in some of the early individual games in the SEC this season. Really excited to talk about this conference. Yeah, it's uh, two for two for Tuesday. That's what I'm going to start calling. I got two win totals, two overs, two unders. Comes out on Tuesday. That's the best thing I can come up with for Tuesdays. I don't not know bad. what we're going to call Thursdays, ACC Thursday or something. Not as not as good. But we do have a nice new studio-ish. We're really upgrading it every week. Yeah. <laughs> we're adding new stuff. Yes. We got the logo behind us now. We got the stadium logo. We got the NBA logo. Maybe we'll switch out the the, the league sure. logos every so often. But if you want to see our, our shining faces and the cool studio that we got set up at Stadium Bets, at Stadium, you can go follow. We'll be posting all those videos throughout the week of uh, mostly on Friday, actually, of our win totals. So we're, we're excited about that. But let's jump into it. We got our favorite overs. We got our favorite unders. Let's start with the overs as we did with the Big Ten on Thursday. Um you have a uh, you have just yeah. a big general so, over. So I'm breaking the rule again. You are. Again, I did for two the Big Ten. You asked in the uh, rundown to do two overs, yeah. two unders. I'm instead maybe I'm more of a negative guy, especially when it comes to these season long win totals. Because if you bet over and there's a quarterback injury, then your bet's blown up. So it I is. always tend to look unders just in general when it comes to the NFL, college football. But I will start with an over. It's not even over. It's just a team I want to bet on. And it's not anything that mind blowing, or you know, nothing. It's, nothing it's, original here. It's Alabama. <laughs> it's Alabama <laughs> to win the SEC. So you can yeah. get minus one forty. I literally like this bet because Wild. they're going to win the SEC West, and now it's will they be more of a favorite than minus one forty in a potential SEC title game against very likely SEC East opponent Georgia I think they will Alabama is better than Georgia this year so it's a little bit of a play against Georgia not totally fading them in terms of like a win total perspective but Georgia lost a lot on defense as we saw so many guys yeah. got picked in the first couple rounds in the NFL draft Stetson Bennett's still their quarterback I'm not totally a believer in Stetson Bennett and just going out to Alabama you return Bryce Young 
Will Anderson, star defensive player. Both of them were true sophomores on last year's team, and they're going to be very motivated after losing to Georgia in the national championship last year. They won the SC title to get into that playoff, get into the game against Cincinnati, then you beat Georgia. I think we're going to see a really motivated Alabama team this year where last year it felt like Nick Saban was kind of nice to the players even though they lost and you remember after the yeah, national, he didn't seem as angry as you kind of the national him. title game he kind of like sat the players down at the table and yeah. was like i'm very proud of these kids it may have been a tactic in the in the current landscape of college football with nil and everything and kind of re-recruiting players because they can answer the transfer portal how like committed he was to the players and wanted to send a good message to the current players and then future players who will be thinking of yeah, going right. to the university of alabama but I think it will be a little different this year where he's going to be pushing these guys to do well, especially because they got that experience. And a lot of their skill position players got some good experience last year because of late season's injuries to John Mechie and then Jamison Williams in the title game. So a lot of those skill position players will be expected to step up. They got a little bit of a taste of what it's like against Georgia and then the other playoff game against Cincinnati. So I think high expectations, obviously high for Alabama. I said Ohio State will probably be one of the teams to win the national championship last episode i think they're going to play alabama in the national title game so alabama i think the best way to attack them before the season minus 140 to win the sec because they're going to be minus 200 potentially in a potential yeah. sc title game against georgia as long as they're like a four or four and a half point favorite which i think at now is a pretty fair projection for that potential game in atlanta in december yeah i mean that number is definitely going to change and it's going to change for the worse if you like that number so hit that now minus 140 when i asked you that and you said minus 140 i was i'm shocked yeah that, that's a shockingly low number for a team that is probably going to have one of its best defenses saban has ever had at alabama which is saying a lot because he's had some tremendous defenses there and then you're going to get probably another Heisman winning opportunity from for Bryce Young. It's yep. I mean the team the, the combination of the ingredients are going to make something incredible this season and to get them at minus 140 got to hop on that. Yeah, and the schedule is I'm not going to say it's tough because they do play Vanderbilt as their crossover game from sure. the east so they're That's, not playing no. like a Georgia or maybe an up and coming Kentucky like as you're going to mention in a little bit. Yeah. But they do have to play some pretty tough road games. They play Texas in Week 2. That's a big game. I think the advance line for that is Alabama minus 14. But Texas is definitely going to treat that game as a you know one to try to get back on the map. They just got Arch Manning recruiting. Maybe they can carry some momentum. So that Texas game, they're going to lose, but it might be a little tricky. Sure. And then they play road games against Arkansas. They, then they also play at Tennessee, and Tennessee is kind of an exciting team this year. Between the, the Arkansas and Tennessee road games is the highly anticipated home game against Texas a and um, I'm sure we're going to hear more about that potential game or that scheduled game at SE Media Days this week because of comments made by Nick Saban and then Jimbo Fisher clapped yeah, right. back when Nick Saban basically accused Texas A&M of buying their number one rated recruiting class. So a lot of tension there. They also have to go to LSU and to Ole Miss. So some tough road games or tricky road games where they could definitely slip up, but they're still going to win the SC West, and because of that, I like them to win the SEC at this price. I love it. I love that minus 140 bet. So I follow the rules, Nate, and I pick two teams for, for the over bet on their over numbers. Let's start with Kentucky. Start with the Wildcats because we saw Mark Stoops have a tremendous team last season with Kentucky. I mean, they, they looked incredible, especially defensively, and they have a great quarterback coming back. It was a 10-win season last year for Kentucky. And now you've got Will possibly top five pick in the NFL draft next year, Levis, coming back. 
for the Kentucky Wildcats as a quarterback. They did lose their top wide receiver in Wandale Robinson, but their wide receiving core is like really strong this season coming back. The stat that I saw, seven former yeah. four-star recruits are in this wide receiving core. So you lose your top receiver, but you get back a hell of a lot more. You get a former Alabama wide receiver who transferred. You get a state track star who transferred. This team offensively is probably going to be one of the best offenses Mark Stoops has coached in his career, especially when you have Will Levis coming back. So offensively, they're going to be really good. The offensive line may struggle a little bit, but defensively, they'll be solid. They lost some some big guys, but they replenished. I mean, their, their recruiting class was as good as any that they've had over the past couple of years. So I'm not too worried about the defense losing much. We know their offense is going to be good. And then you just take a look at their schedule, and their win total, Nate, is sitting at around eight. And I see nine, maybe ten wins if they get lucky. Um, they don't really have the most difficult of schedules. Uh, towards the end, they have to play Georgia. They play Georgia at home, so that could be kind of fun. That could be kind of the SEC like semifinal game to get into uh, right. into the SEC championship. Um, but other than that, I mean, they don't really have like a gauntlet. They have to go to Gainesville and play Florida week two. That could be a tough matchup. But if they win that, man, they could be they could be seven and zero, six and zero going into their uh, October 29th matchup at Tennessee. Yeah, and Kentucky has been bet over on their win total a lot this summer. Uh, open seven and a half, as you mentioned, eight at some places. So there is some love for the Wildcats. I think a lot of it is driven by Will Levis, who, as you mentioned, potential top five pick. He yeah. seems like he's be good. There's some talk that he's like third, right behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in terms of NFL draft. I'm just a little worried that maybe he's a little overrated. He has the build. And the pedigree, because he was recruited by Penn State. He was at Penn State before transferring, becoming the Kentucky quarterback. But I wasn't too impressed with him last season. Maybe it's because Kentucky and Mark Stoops has that mindset of, like, running the ball. You lose the star receiver, Wandale Robinson, who was a second-round pick to the New York Giants. So I know that they have talent at wide receiver. Let's see how that get acclimated there. And then there's also the coordinator change um, on the offensive coordinator. So that's a big thing. I think yeah. they hired an offensive coordinator, though, who's going to bring kind of similar concepts, they and they're not going to change the scheme too much. Um, so I do like what you're saying with Kentucky. They're definitely a program on the rise. But now when you're expecting them to win nine games, it's a little bit of a different story for a program that – this a few years ago was a kind of a accomplishment if they would just make a bowl game. Yeah. And now you're expecting them to win a lot more. So we'll see about Kentucky. I'm definitely not going to bet the over, but I like what you're saying in terms of their stock kind of just kind of rising in general this season in Lexington. I think that quarterback coach, 49ers quarterback coach coming over to Kentucky is really going to help because you can you can see a lot of loss when you lose an offensive coordinator, especially with a quarterback that good. But you bring in Rick Scangarello, and like you said, it's going to be the same, similar scheme. And he had, he's coming from that coaching tree. I, I don't know. I, I just yeah. think you see it line up really well with this Kentucky team. And, and you get a number like eight at not too much a price no, to pay. I think it's minus affordable. 115, right? Yeah, there's, a, there's an eight minus 115 over. So. I mean, there you go. That's, that's all you need. I, I really like yeah. this Kentucky over. I think this is going to be a big season in Kentucky. I think Will Levis is going to really shine with the, with the new offensive coordinator with the same system and, and a really good wide receiving core. And, oh, they're going to get maybe one of the best running backs back in the SEC in Chris Rodriguez. As long as he right. doesn't get suspended for the DUI, they're going to be okay. So I, I really do think this Kentucky team's got a really high potential, and, and I really like their win total over. The other team that I really like. Yeah, I don't have an over, so Kentucky. you go ahead with the other over. Let's keep on rolling. Tennessee. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to keep going. We're going we're gonna to trust Josh Heppel, I guess, for, for, this, for this Tennessee team. Um, I think their number that you can get them on right now is uh, seven and a half. Really, really yeah. big on the over, though. Like minus 145, minus 150. Yeah, seven and a half juiced over on the Volunteers. Would not be surprised if by the start of the season we see kind of eight flats um, yeah. across the board. I'm okay with eight, honestly. I am okay with eight. But no, if it's eight and a half, go under. I think eight's a really good number for this Tennessee team. They Josh Heppel has really recruited well, and they're going to get Hendon Hooker back. Now, I'm not saying this, but I want to relay the information. People are thinking that maybe he's one of those dark horse Heisman candidates that is going to come and really explode because we know how good the Tennessee offense can be. They were fast, up-tempo, pound it, pound it, pound it on the defense last year, and I think it's going to be similar this season. It might be even faster, and teams could not adjust. They could not really game plan for a fast up-tempo Tennessee offense, and we're just going to see more of the same from him. Hoker has now the full offseason as the number one guy. Last season, they weren't really sure if he was going to be the number one guy. He switched off a couple of times, but now he is the guy. He's the leader. He's going to be the one that's going to lead him offensively. This is the year for Tennessee to make a splash as well, and I really like that over seven and a half. If you really want to look through their schedule, again, I, I could possibly see a nine-win season for Tennessee. It's going to come down to a couple of matchups, but they have a pretty favorable schedule. They have to go to, to, to Pitt. That could be a tough week to yeah. match up for them. But if they win that, they play Florida at home. They could potentially be 4-0 before their off week in October. Have to go to LSU and then Alabama back-to-back. That could be two losses in a row. But then, you know, that Kentucky game up in the air, I think Kentucky wins that one. They lose to Georgia. They beat Missouri, beat South Carolina, beat Vanderbilt. They could finish the season three games in a row with wins. Yeah, Tennessee is a team that has been bet over as long with Kentucky in terms of SEC East teams. Uh, open seven and a half minus one fifteen back in May, and now it's a lot heavily more juiced to the over. And there's some eights popping up. You mentioned Tennessee always at a disadvantage a little bit because Alabama is a permanent crossover game. Yeah, but that's also built into their number and why it's not a little bit higher. Tennessee played very well last season, going way over their expectations. And now because of it, and there's expectations, that's when I start getting worried about Tennessee. We saw it a lot when Butch Jones was there, Josh Dobbs' quarterback, how even though they didn't do much other than like play really well at the end of one season, I believe in 2014, there was expectations in 2015 to potentially compete for a national title, and that was just unrealistic, and they fell short. Maybe it's a different situation here with the Volunteers, and they've learned their lessons as as a program and a fan base, which... I don't know if they have, but uh, yeah, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee fans. some high expectations. And I mean, I think I can go into one of my unders because you made a case for the Kentucky over. Yeah. You made a case for the Tennessee over. I did. That means every mid-tier team in the SCEs can't go over. It's true. And that leads me to an under. So Look it works that. out perfectly. Matches up perfectly. Let's we go, plan this. Let's go Florida. I'll make the case. Florida 
under seven and a half, you can lay some juice on the under seven and a half. Under seven is fine at minus one hundred five. But I'm down on Florida for this year. I okay. like the hire of Billy Napier as a long term option. So he was an assistant for Nick Saban. He was an assistant for Dabo Sweeney. He took a Louisiana program and became a dominant team in the Sun Belt Conference. But I think he's going to need some time. And the Dan Mullen era at Florida, it looked like it was doing all right. They had some good results in that COVID-shortened season. They played closely against um, Alabama in the SEC title game. They even last year in the regular season took Alabama down the wire and then things went wrong for Dan Mullen. And the reason why things went wrong is he wasn't prioritizing recruiting in today's era of college football. You're not having good recruiting rankings at a school like Florida. The fan base isn't going to be happy, and that's what ended up happening to Dan Mullen. So I think because the recruiting hasn't been that high – that the depth of Florida and just the overall roster quality isn't as good and that the first year for Billy Napier isn't going to be as successful as maybe some of the expectations or at least odds makers' expectations. So down on Florida, under 7 or under 7.5. Now we go to the schedule. They start off by hosting Utah, which is a really tough non-conference game. Utah's taken some money early in the game and are out to a two-point favorite on the road in week one. Their cross-division game, the Gators, they have to go to A&M. So they have to play LSU every year in a cross-division game. That's their permanent rival in the mm-hmm. SC West. Their other SC West game is at Texas A&M, which is probably the second toughest potential game other than if you have to play Alabama. And uh, something that does work in Florida's flavor this year, so I will give them some credit because of the schedule, is they start off with three home games, then they go to Knoxville, and then they have three more home games before a bye week then the cocktail party in Jacksonville against Georgia on October 29th. And then they play A&M first week of November. So they don't have to leave the state of Florida. They have to leave the state of Florida only once until November. So that might be a good thing for Florida. And what was kind of like maybe holding me back of making a big bet on the Gators under. But I think it's going to be asking a lot for them to win eight games with Utah on their schedule, with Georgia on their schedule, with A&M on their schedule. LSU on their schedule and a resurged Tennessee and Kentucky program. So I think it's going to be hard for them to win eight games. That's why I'm under on the Gators. You know, a team that they are going to get a win though against it's the Missouri Tigers. And I hate to do this. It's fine. Another team, that division that's probably going to go under because they are my under team and, uh, and Nate's alma mater. So I'm sorry that I have to do this for, for Mizzou. It's all right. I, think it's a justified pick and if i had a bet it i would i would also look to the under uh, but give your reasons and i'll maybe yeah. respond well it's five and a half so yeah. it's a little it's a little bit low for mizzou but i really do think i think five is is probably the peak of what they're going to be able to do this season they they're they're losing your favorite quarterback connor Bayslack. they're losing the wide or the running back tyler batty um it's they're, they're losing too many pieces they didn't replenish well enough that is hard to continue with a good season. And let alone, you look at their schedule, man, and it's a tough schedule. They got a gauntlet. Now, Auburn's not going to be as good, but they have to go to Auburn yeah. and play Auburn. They have to play Georgia at home. They have to go to Florida. That is three weeks in a row. They may start the season 3-0. and Louisiana Tech, Kansas State, Abilene Christian. I'd give Kansas State that game. Kansas State, okay, I think, is going to be a, a sleeper in the Big 12, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas State is close to a touchdown favorite in Manhattan Week 2, especially so, with Missouri's quarterback situation. Right, so by the time October 22nd comes out, they play Vanderbilt. If they beat Vanderbilt, that's their third win. 
They have to go to South Carolina and play South Carolina at the end of October. That could be a loss. I could easily see that being a loss. They still have three wins. Lose to Kentucky. Lose to Tennessee. Play New Mexico State at home. That's a win. That's four. Lose to Arkansas at home. They end the season with four. They win one of those games. Maybe they beat South Carolina. Maybe they beat Arkansas. I don't see them beating both of them. I think five wins is the most realistic spot for this Missouri team, especially with what they have. And, again, losing their quarterback – not a ton of returning defenders. This is a team that struggled defensively to start the year last year, and they, they righted the ship. But who knows if they're going to have that good of a start this season on the defensive side. They had a good recruiting class, but it's going to take a while for those guys to really pan out. So five wins to me seems like the most realistic. The under, you can get it probably the best price. Under five and a half would be like minus 145, minus 135 is the best that I'm seeing. Yeah, That's fine. I'll lay that. Uh, that. That's fine with me to get them to five wins. I think that's a pretty sure bet. Unless for some whatever reason, Missouri just has an insane year and they get like seven wins. So I would say the quarterback leaving actually might be a good thing for Missouri, but it's also at the same time, I don't think they did a good enough job replacing him. They were in the mix for a couple guys in the transfer portal and they didn't pan out and they ended up getting a, a graduate transfer to fill that role but they were in on Jaden Daniels who uh, the Arizona State transfer went to LSU they were in on JT Daniels who went from Georgia to West Virginia he picked uh, West Virginia over Oregon State and Missouri so I think Mizzou knows that they wanted to still upgrade a quarterback. They weren't able to really get that guy, and now they have a couple guys who don't have experience. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I, you said, good recruiting class this year for Eli Drinkwitz, so they're definitely a, a year or two away with yeah. the recruiting class. And Not the, the, year the thing is, with college football nowadays, you can have a good recruiting class, and then those players could leave after a year or two. So yeah, right. uh, it's important for them definitely to – have a good season to kind of keep people and players believing so they can make that next step in 2023 or 2024. But this year, uh, I think it's asking a lot for them to even make a bowl game. All right, you got two more. You got two unders. Yeah, two unders. You got three unders and you didn't even do any overs. So correct. The rules don't matter. No, it'll matter. I'll, I already Maybe started some early. For the I started some early research, and I'll follow the uh, <laughs> the protocol there. Good. Um, I don't know who I want to start with. Let's start with Auburn. All right, a team that Missouri is yeah. playing in a cross division match early in the team. year, which I feel I think Auburn wins that game, and yeah, right. Auburn still has talent. I'll give them that, especially on the yeah. offensive line, defensive line. They did a good enough job recruiting in the past where they're not going to like completely bottom out talent-wise, even though the program is very down this season. And the reason why it's down is because this offseason was pretty uh, just pretty bad for Auburn, I'd say. It was, uh, they were basically trying to get the coach fired, Brian Harson. <laughs> he took over last year from Boise State. They fired Gus Melzahn, paid him a $21 million buyout which I thought was a little bit questionable given the, the times and going on with the financial stuff uh, yeah. and like schools crying poor because of, of the pandemic and everything like that. But basically they were just trying to find a reason for Harson to get fired so they wouldn't have to pay him also a buyout because already paying Gus Malzahn. Right. So I think this team has really big blow up potential in terms of like they might quit they might fire him early in the season if things go really bad and some boosters find enough money to, to pay the bill to get him fired. And because of that, I don't see Auburn going over 
six and a half. So I like under six and a half on Auburn. If you want and more at even money, under six I think is fine for Auburn, who's always going to be at a disadvantage because Georgia is one of their crossover opponents, yep. and that's one of the elite pro- programs in the whole country. So having to play Georgia every year along with that normal wow. SEC West schedule is really tough. Some pros, though, for Auburn, if you do want to make a case for them to do well, their first five games are at home. Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, and LSU. And then you go back-to-back road games at Georgia and Ole Miss. And then the end of the season, pretty tough. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, which you would think maybe it's an easy game for them, but that's sandwiched between the games against A&M and Bama. So that might be even a tough spot for Auburn, especially if things are going really bad. And I don't really believe in their quarterback, whether it's TJ Finley or Zach Helzada, the transfer from Texas A&M. So I think there are a lot of things in terms of schedule, a lot of things in terms of Brian Harson already on the hot seat in year two and maybe people wanting him out. He's also on his third offensive coordinator already because Austin Davis, yeah. who he hired – uh, after Mike Bobo was fired, uh, he stepped down after six weeks on the job. So there's a lot of unrest in terms of assistant coaches. They're replacing a defensive coordinator and Derek Mason, who took that defense to probably play uh, above their expectations last year. So already on his fourth and fifth coordinators in terms of offense and defense. They only won six games last year. I think Auburn is in for a long season, or it could be a short season for Brian Harson if they fire him. It may be after they lose to Penn State or they lose to LSU or something like that. so It's a weird uh, schedule, right? Auburn because, under for me. Like you said, that they start five weeks in a row at home. So theoretically, yeah. they could start 5-0. and If this was like their year and everything lined up, they could start 5-0. Right. and But it's really hard to see them beating Penn State or LSU both. Yeah. I think, I, I think they lose – even if they win one, that's a 4-1 right. start. And then they enter the gauntlet. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know. that Out of Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, they're going to get that Western Kentucky win, so that's five. Can they win two more out of Bama, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Georgia, Mississippi State? Like, that's, yeah, I, that's I, really hard. Yeah, and just I, the quarterback question is another thing for me. Like, if they have a quarterback right. to win those games, because there is still some talent. Yeah, be a huge there's some, still some talent there. Yeah. But there's also a huge potential quit factor with Auburn if things don't start off very good. Classic Auburn. I'll go. So my last team for the under is the Fighting Lane Kiffins. Ole Miss, 10 wins last season. Yep. They're the darling of everyone. Everyone loves Lane Kiffin. The offense was fun. Matt Carell, Heisman candidate. And then what happens, Nate? Then what happens this season? They lose everyone. They uh, end up having to lose Matt Carell. They lose running backs. They're losing top three of their pass catchers. Jackson Dart's coming in from USC. Luke Altmeyer is going to be competing with him for that spot. There is just a lot of question marks on this Ole Miss team. And I know everyone loves Lane Kiffin, and everyone loves what he can do offensively, and he's the analytics darling. He's a, he's a relatively young coach. He's great on Twitter. But on the football field, Nate, this team has a lot of question marks for me, enough so that I think that over – under number is a little heightened, a little heightened. And Inflated, I think, yeah. I, I think they can go under on this one. It's seven and a half, and the, also the under two, you can get a plus money, which for me is really big. You get something like that at plus money, plus 135, plus 145. I think that's a really good number to be able to get this number up because seven wins for me is the most likely 
for this Ole Miss team when you look through their schedule. And I just – I know they had a great season last year, and I just don't see them have, playing that well consistently again and having that much luck. I mean, they had a lot of luck in a couple of games and a couple of one-score games. That Tennessee game comes to mind. They had a, they didn't jump on a fumble in another game. So I, I really do think that this Ole Miss team is destined to revert back to the mean and back to seven wins. Get that under. Yeah, so I think you make some good points. That was a team that maybe it's what people think Tennessee could be this year where they could maybe win 10 games and kind of not compete for the SEC, but at least be like a fun team and fun to watch. So I don't have too much disagreements there, especially because they lose a huge part of the program in Matt Corral. And Jackson Dart definitely has the pedigree, USC transfer, and – they also lose Jeff Levy, their offensive coordinator, who's yep. now the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Maybe he doesn't mean as much because Lane Kiffin is an offensive-minded coach, so he can kind of you know, move on and, and be fine. But I think there's some definitely some things there where maybe Ole Miss kind of hit their ceiling last year, and they're going to kind of come back to the middle. Coaching issues is – not issues, but losing coaches is the yep. big theme of the year for Ole Miss as well. They lost both coordinators, strength coach, running back coach, special teams coach, cornerback coach. That's a lot of turnover for a coaching staff, especially when you're trying to keep continuity. And it doesn't help. Again, you're losing your quarterback. You're losing receivers. I mean, there is a lot of change happening at Ole Miss this season. And they had a great season last year. I just I don't think they can replicate it. You look at the schedule again if you want to take a check at that. Troy, Central Arkansas to start the year. I mean, realistically, they can start the season 4-0. Maybe they get upset at Georgia Tech on the road September 17th in Week 3. But they start 3-0, and but then they have to play Kentucky. That Auburn game is going to be a bit tough, even though they play at home. Vanderbilt's probably a win, so that puts them at, you know, five. Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M could all be losses, especially with LSU and A&M on the road. Alabama at home is a loss. Arkansas on the road, probably a loss. Mississippi State at home to end the season in the in the Egg Bowl. Yeah, maybe that's a win. Maybe they finish the season with a win, but that puts them at seven. So they're going to have to play really well against some really good teams right. to probably get over that seven mark. Well, I have another SC West under, and it's another team. And I picked on Florida or picked against Florida because the new coach is the turnover and just a lot of expectations maybe a little too early on. And I think the LSU is the team in the SC West that fits that bill. Where I like the hire of Brian Kelly, or I think it's intriguing at least. Certainly interesting. To maybe and hit, his accent. Maybe, yeah, his accent and – I know he was talking today on Monday at SC Media Day, so I'm sure he had some interesting quotes that will become <laughs> jokes for the next few months. Yeah. Um, and dancing with recruits on TikTok and a lot of weird things he's, for he's Brian Kelly guy, since yeah, he left yeah. South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. I still weird. think he's a good football coach, and I think now he'll be able to maybe recruit better players because he doesn't have the academic holdups that you have to qualify in Notre Dame, and it's just easier to qualify at LSU academically. So I think that's one of the reasons why he left and just maybe a little bit of a higher ceiling at LSU. So I still think LSU for the future, especially with the way they're handled the transfer portal, that they have a chance to be a good program in a few years and maybe return to a college football playoff. But I think this year there's a little bit too much turnover in terms of the roster and the coaching staff where LSU is being asked to win eight games to go over you can get an under seven and a half minus 135 a lot of sports books have already moved to six and a half so i wouldn't be surprised if this lowers the, the seven and a half moved to seven or even just six and a half flat so lsu under for me 
Uh, looking back at the roster, maybe shouldn't look too much into it, but in their bowl game against Kansas State in the Texas Bowl, they barely had enough scholarship players. They actually didn't dress the scholarship quarterback. Yeah, and I know that's not a true reflection on the program because they brought in a lot of players. Players were transferring out. But I think just in general that LSU, even though they won the national title a few years ago, Ed Orgeron kind of left the program in a tough spot where Kelly has to clean up a lot of things. Uh, they're relying on a lot of transfers. They have a really big game uh, Sunday, Labor Day of week one against Florida State, a Florida State with a coach who's potentially on the hot seat. So they're going to be really motivated for that game. Yeah. I think that's just a very fascinating game because both teams kind of need to win and if they want to go over their win totals. Uh, Florida State needs a win maybe for the the future of their coach and to kind of keep the momentum going because they're actually recruiting pretty well and then lsu just a lot of pressure right away for brian kelly to win that game so that's a big game early on they also play at florida they have tennessee as their crossover game from the sc east those games are toss-ups i think there's lsu just has a lot of toss-up games and to go over those win total they'll have to go five and two in those games assuming that you mark losses against a&m and Alabama, and then they have three winnable games. But then there's seven other games to go over that. They'd have to go five and two. So I'm on under seven and a half for the LSU Tigers. Yeah, I, I think that's smart. And I think especially when you look at Brian Kelly and people see him and they see what he did at Notre Dame, maybe that number even is a little bit inflated because of the Brian Kelly effect. This is his first year. He's going to have struggles early on. There's going to be growing pains with, with the roster and the personnel that was left there by Eddie O. Like that's that's yeah. going to be tough. That's tough to, to rebound after just one year. And it's, you know, my opinion might change of Brian Kelly if he's able to really rebound this team, you know, make a nine-win season out of him. That would be really impressive and probably highly unlikely. Yeah, they, they'd have to – win pretty much all those toss-up games or just get really good quarterback play from Jaden Daniels, the Arizona yeah. State transfer, or Miles Brennan, who is the uh, – I guess he's the incumbent uh, quarterback. Or he, I don't think he started that many games last year, but he has been at the program for a while. A little bit of surprise that he decided to stay. Uh, it was Max Johnson, though, Brad Johnson's son, who decided to transfer – out of LSU, and he went to Texas A&M. All right, so those are our over-unders. Again, over is Kentucky, Tennessee for me. Alabama to win the SEC is your over. Unders uh, for us, Mizzou, Ole Miss, and you had Auburn, LSU, and Florida. So that is the SEC as SEC Media Week continues on this week. And then on Thursday, we're going to have ACC. And we're going to be diving into a, a very interesting conference in the uh, in the ACC, so it continues, and then next month we'll have more conferences, and then in August we're going to have NFL divisions. Yes, so that's going to be really fun as well. So it's just going to be futures, 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 win totals for the next couple of weeks to get everyone prepared, to get us prepared for football season. But until then, good luck, and we'll talk to you back on Thursday. Mm-hmm.